1: And welcome back to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I got my brother Quentin with me, as always. And we are done with our John Hughes Tunes a batch of episodes. Where we went uh through the through the 80s with with John Hughes. Q. We talked about all the music from his iconic films. Um, and by all, I mean four. We picked four. We did <laughs> Sixteen Candles. We did – what else did we do? <laughs> weird Science. We did Weird we, Science. Well, like in my mind, I'm like Breakfast Club, but no, we didn't do Breakfast Club. We did Sixteen Candles, Weird Science. Pretty in Pink. I got you, brother.
0: <laughs> and Ferris <laughs> Bueller's Day Off.
1: I've slept <laughs> since then. So, yeah, we did those four um, films – and uh, yeah, it's, it was just a great way to, um, to just play a bunch of random 80s, uh, mostly, you know, new wave and post-punk bands, because that seemed to be uh, his jam, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, what we learned most about John Hughes was that this guy was obsessed with music, which is why it was such an integral part of the stories that he was telling. And like we said last week, like with 16 Candles, um, like he was like the backbone of the film you know like they went to live shows or by live i mean there, there was a bar with live music in the background that the characters would be at she worked at a record store the scene with ducky lip-syncing to otis redding music you know what i mean and then you jump to the next film ferris bueller's day off and you got the whole parade scene with twist and shout you know what i mean so like it was part of who he was and what made his movie so amazing right so
0: yeah, it was a great way to cover a lot of obscure mostly new wave 80s stuff. I mean, we must have played like I don't know, 24, 25 songs. Yeah. Total yeah. in the last not month. as many
1: artists cuz we usually did about
0: a two song yeah. per, two songs per artist, but yeah,
1: definitely. Um it was fun. But as we as we teased last week, we are back to our normal format. And by normal, I mean there is no theme for the next, for for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah. So by normal, what you what you mean is, when people listen to our little intro that we we say at the beginning of every episode, it's finally going to make sense again. That's you know true.
1: Because I mean? uh, well, yeah. I mean, basically we've we've had a few kind of back to back themed batches of of pods. Like we did, back to school was a batch of episodes we did where we talked about bands that we listened to in. Like middle school and high school, and then we did dad tunes, which was music that we heard uh, from our dad when we were growing up, and then we did Hughes tunes, which is what we just talked about. So now we are back to the more, the more normal, no filler formula, which is just pick an album, any album basically, talk about some non-singles on that record, and then do a sidetrack episode the following week that is somehow related to the full length episode that we just did usually it's a shorter episode um you know a lot of times it'll be like a side project of that band or something like that and that's usually a shorter episode that's like one one track you know so anyway
0: we're back i'm excited I'm excited man. to be
1: back um because we can go anywhere and talk about any band and any album which is great
0: the sky is the limit sky
1: is the limit so what we decided to do which is actually a first i think for no filler is talk about a new record, a brand new record, as in came out what, like not even a month ago, right? Yeah, it
0: came out September twenty second, dude. So on, on the the morning of the autumnal equinox. There you
1: go. So we're talking about our one of our favorite bands, Fleet Foxes, and their brand new record, Shore, as Q just said, came out not even a month ago. So um yeah, this is just one of those things that seemed to have come out of nowhere, and it was such a like a surprise and like a
0: pick me up, you know, for for this year. the The best way to describe it is it's just a, a breath of fresh air, dude. Like yeah. it's just when you, like when you listen to it, it envelops you. Um, and yeah, dude, there is something about Fleet Foxes that for me just go hand in hand with fall. Yeah um yes yeah, you know it's it's the it's the folky yeah genre you know and they definitely like took that i mean they, they i feel like they were part of the reason why we have mumford and sons so i feel like they're partly to blame for that because <laughs> they were so yeah uh successful in their early o's yes this was like you kind of hinted at there there were so many
1: bands like this there were a dime a dozen back in the early 2000s or maybe it was the late you know early 2010s where this kind of folky folk pop stuff was everywhere. And Fleet Foxes has always stood out to me, mainly because of Robin Pecknell, the lead singer. Just his songwriting ability, the way that he really bears his soul in these lyrics, you know? And Mm -hmm. he's a very vulnerable person. And like he talks about things that are very relevant to our generation, which is why I've always connected with his lyrics. If you want to go back and listen to... After this episode, you should go back and listen to our our episode on Helplessness Blues. Man, that wasn't that was a long time ago. Let me see if I can find the date that that came out. But yeah, you'll have to scroll pretty pretty far back in our feed to find it. But we we talked about their second
0: record, um, and that was a great episode. Yeah, and that that was historically my favorite Fleet Foxes album. Um, but Shore is already quickly becoming my favorite of theirs. Man, yeah, it's good. There's just something different about it
1: this episode that we did on helplessness blues came out in August of 2018. So over two years ago, Q as when we talked about this record, not this record, sorry, helplessness blues anyway. Um, yeah. So here's the thing about flea foxes, right? They had sort of a hiatus, right? So they came out with helplessness blues in 2011. And then there was this, this moment, this, um, this hiatus where Robin kind of, Seemed like he was
0: going back to school or something like that. He was trying to get his degree. Yep. He went back to college. And then they released Crack Up uh, six years later. Well, we we should also mention
1: that during that that hiatus, the drummer, Tillman, as in um, Josh Tillman, he went off and became Father John Misty. That's right. So if you're familiar with Father John Misty, he was the drummer for Fleet Foxes. And um, yeah, so... And then, you, like you said, Crack Up came out in,
0: in uh, 2016, 2017. So, I want to talk to you a little bit about Crack Up, Trev. So, that is a really, like, I don't know. It's, it's a really complex album. And it's kind of avant-garde. And it's really, I mean, almost, like, pretentious. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people probably lost it at Crack Up. And, like, all the articles around it, like, he couldn't escape words like, ooh, Ivy League pedigree, and, oh, you know, Pecknold went off to college, and now he comes out and releases this artsy-fartsy album.
1: Well, I mean, depending on, like, who you are, you probably think that Fleet Foxes have always been artsy-fartsy, you know?
0: Yeah. But, like,
1: there are moments on Crack Up that are really special, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. You have to listen to the whole thing to appreciate it, but they're, I mean, when they came out with the single the first single third of may mm-hmm. I, I love that song man that, that oh me too there, there are things that happen in that song that that um you know the first time you hear it that, that kind of take you by surprise you know yeah. the way that they come back into the verse and stuff like that and there's stuff like that throughout the, the whole record um and there are songs yeah i hear what you're saying but there are you have to maybe you have to look a little bit harder to find the greatness in it you know compared to helplessness blues which is like a masterpiece right
0: oh yeah yeah and and yeah it seems like so you know with with negative reviews from crack up and with pecknell being such a perfectionist you know it's nice that he came back with shore and it's just it just feels like it's more collaborative you know it feels like he's he's evolving that indie folk sound, but it's still very much Fleet Foxes. But there's, like, elements of... of I mean, there's there's a female vocal artist that shows up on here. There's, like, a, these uh, choral pieces in a few of the songs. I feel like there's way more... Uh, there's a lot of textures in it. Wind instruments. Yeah. Really, really pretty album. When you go back and listen to their, their EP,
1: their Sun Giant EP that came out in 2008, like... I still love a lot of that stuff. But when you listen to stuff on shore, it really is crazy how, how much they have evolved, you know, mm-hmm. um, it really kind of, it's like growing up with Pecknold kind of thing where you kind of Pecknold's ability, his, his songwriting, his style, like it's matured and whatnot. It's still the same, but like it has evolved to, to, to such a, like you said, more like textured and like sophisticated kind
0: of sound, you know. And another thing I really like noticed about it that I really loved. Um, and we'll stop talking in like a second. Listen, you know, I want to jump right into a song really pretty soon here. Yeah. But I liked that most of the songs were three, four minutes long. They were really short. That's true, um, dude. That's uh, so a good like, I guess a lot more poppy in a way that's a good you know, point pop, song, pop songs
1: are a little usually a lot more shorter helplessness blues has an eight minute track on it um and crack up has like a 15 cra- track exactly so yeah um yeah it's a good point q it, it's very digestible but it's still you got like there's 15 songs on here it's a good record a good solid length record length is that a word
0: length it is now dude length uh yeah um so yeah dude. one thing before we we jump into our first pick i want to a couple things that i read that i thought was really really cool so for one you know there was headlines that said like things along the lines of like the the surprise album or whatever you know Mm -hmm. apparently uh pecknell still has a few semesters to go to complete his degree but uh columbia university canceled their in-person classes but maintained the thirty thousand dollar per semester to tuition so basically Robin was just like I don't I don't want to pay all this money to go to Zoom college is what he said like yeah you know to have college through Zoom I'm not paying $30 $30,000 a semester for that sure so he had all and and then you know they they weren't touring either so they they he was able to 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 continue on with recording and and release this album cuz yeah no touring no school um so they he kind of got to decide how he wanted to release it And uh, yeah, so he picked he picked uh, just a surprise drop on the autumnal equinox, September 22nd. Yeah. So this
1: is another example of a piece of art that, well, it's not that it wouldn't exist, but we wouldn't have it right now if it wasn't for COVID.
0: Well, his plan was to to kind of tease out some singles throughout the summer and then and then still release it in September. But it was it would have been a totally different approach. So we would have we would have heard songs uh you know spaced out. I don't think it would have felt so special if they went that route, you know. It did make it special because like like you
1: said this record is so uh, such a breath of fresh air that like having it uh this year is uh, is what made it even more special, you know.
0: Yeah, and it it's a it's an album that needs to be appreciated, experienced as a whole. Yeah. yeah. So if think about if we if you would have heard a single 6 months ago, 5 months ago, you know, it, it would have been totally different. Yep. I agree with you 100%, dude. All right, let's jump
1: into some tunes here, Q. So we're only going to play two tracks.
0: Yeah, we don't we don't want to spoil the record too yeah. much, you know.
1: Yeah. We we want you to listen to it uh on your own time. Yeah, so all right, Q. Our first track, if I'm not mistaken, and of course we had to pick one that's hard to pronounce <laughs> um, I My My Stranza. Let me see if let me see if Google can help me here. Is this even a word, dude? It's not even a it's not even a
0: word. See man, him and his Ivy League pedigree, you know? No, this is a word. Um it's just uh Maestranza. May my stranza. May. It's gotta be May.
1: Does he say it in the in the in the song? Let's let's see if we can hear him. Let's say find it. out. But yeah, let's I think it's out. a it's it's not a English word, it is a Spanish word. Let me see if I can get them to. Let me see if I can get forvo dot com to spell it out for me here. Ooh, nice. Ooh, that sounds nice. Maestranza. There you go, Q. Ooh, you like that? All right. So this That's is awesome. a Maestranza. Wow. So there it is man his his vocals just get me every time especially the way that he starts this song it starts with a very strong like vocal um entrance right which is great
0: um Yeah and and you know like I don't I don't know the lyrics off the top of my head but the thing that always like confuses me is is how harsh he is on himself with his lyrics and how critical he is I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's this the stereotype, you know, that all artists are like their worst, their own worst enemy, you know? Yeah. But what I read here is that uh, around the end of February, he had the majority of this album conceptualized and he already had the uh, contributions from other artists that are featured on this album recorded, but he was nowhere near ready. Like he, he wasn't. Happy with the lyrics that he had in mind for these songs, so he would write all these lyrics and just discard them. So then he quarantines in his Greenwich Village apartment. Of course, he lives in Greenwich Village, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, after the stay-at-home order, it's where he belongs,
1: man. It's yeah,
0: it says here that he participated in the protests, the George Floyd protests in New York City. Uh, so he had like all this, this just free time that he he wouldn't have had if if the quarantines didn't happen and then he it says here in june he began taking day-long drives in his toyota forerunner from his apartment in new york up to lake minnewaska uh, and the catskill mountains and he would write lyrics like pin them down on paper while he was driving up to the mountains that's where the, the majority of the songs, the 15 songs came from, dude, was, was these day-long drives up into the mountains. If that, dude, how Fleet Foxes is that, man? You know, like, how on-brand is that with Pecknold and, like, you know, just the overall vibes that you get when you listen to a Fleet Foxes album, you know? I love it. Everything you
1: just said about him is, like, of course that's what that's how he lives, you know? this One of the studios that he, that this... Uh, is recorded in Electric Lady Studios is in Greenwich Village. So um, that's cool. He's, you know, in the same village as the studio. So I, I read here, uh, there's some lyric breakdowns from um, Robin that, uh, that I found on Apple Music. And he said that um, musically, I think for a while it had something in it that had a disco or roller skating kind of energy that I was trying to find a way out of. And then we found this other palette of instruments that felt less that way. I was trying to go for a Bill withers thing. Nice. I feel like a lot of the people that get mentioned in Sunblind, yes, their resonance is there, influencing throughout the record.
0: Yeah, Sunblind's really cool, dude, because he is naming off all of his musical heroes. Okay. Uh, he names mostly mostly by their last name, but he... Does he name Withers? Yeah, he, he names... Uh, Richard Swift, Bill Withers, John Prine, Elliot Smith, Arthur Russell, Judy Sill, David Berman, Nick Drake, Otis Redding, Jeff Buckley, Curtis Mayfield and Jimi Hendrix. Nice. All those names are in the song That's dude. great. I like how Nick Drake makes an appearance. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And Arthur Russell, dude, we covered we covered Arthur Russell and like I think that was one of my whatcha hurts like in I don't know the first or second episode. Well, we no did Filly. an
1: episode on Nick Drake too. We had a, a our ga, uh, our friend um our friend Larry L- Lodra joined us that was a great episode so you got lots of homework here people go back and listen to all of these great episodes that we've done
0: in the fucking 2 plus years we've been doing this yeah so anyway so that's that's another thing that i love about this album it is, it is very collaborative as well yeah um the intro song that we picked was um the only single so far released uh, and that is, can I believe you? And you know that kind of chorus at the beginning. Yeah, that is actually a composite of roughly four to five hundred recordings from Instagram followers. Amazing. So that's a chorus of Fleet Foxes fans.
1: Oh my god, that's so great. I I didn't know that, and that makes me so fucking happy. That is amazing. I know, man. And that's the kind of stuff that you that sure you can do it without without. Um, the pandemic happening but I, I feel like that makes it even more special we're all kind of you know not not fully you know barred into our homes like people plenty of people are living the best life that they can leaving and stuff like that but being being safe right yeah but for the most part we are in indoors in our homes and it's how cool is that 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 for those people that got to do that that they were able to
0: contribute to a fleet foxes trek from their homes i mean that's amazing you know that's kind of like the the collective mindset that we've all had in the over the last seven months is just finding ways to still be able to connect. You know, and it's just awesome that we're able to do that online.
1: Well, he talks about that here. Let me just we'll just wrap wrap up our our review of this song here with this. He says here the third verse it's about missing your friends, missing your people, but knowing that since we're all going through the same thing that we're kind of connected through that in a way that's really special and kind of unique to this period. I feel more distant from people, but also closer in terms of my actual daily experience. So there you go. That is kind of one thing that's really interesting about this pandemic is that globally, there's an experience that we're all sharing, right? Right. And I guess that's kind of what he's talking about here.
0: And another thing too, like, you know, when I was reading like, Oh, wait, he had the majority of the, the concept of this album done back in February. I was trying to, you know, figure it out. Cause I'm like, man, these lyrics sound so, like, topical. But yeah, so then then it makes more sense. Like, oh, okay, so he actually wrote all of this in the span of three to four weeks in June. of You know, so all this, it was right in the thick of all this. If it wasn't for COVID-19... We wouldn't have this album the way it is. Yeah, we wouldn't have the lyrics. Yeah, you're right. It wouldn't be the same at all. Interesting, dude. And he may have trashed it entirely. Yeah. Think about the entire shift in mindset and like everything that happened, dude. We we might not. He may, he may have trashed it completely.
1: Yeah, man. Well, let's let's do another song here, Q.
0: Yes, but before we do that, let's take a quick break.
1: Now, this one we both agreed upon first listen. Upon first listen, as twins often do, we agreed on what our favorite track was. Oh, this is, dude, hands down, my favorite on the record. Yeah, and this song, this song, um, is an example of the type of song that only Robin Pecknold and Fleet Foxes can produce. I feel like this is a quintessential Fleet Foxes sound and like feeling. Right and like uh, goosebump inducing.
0: Yeah, and the lyrics as well, man. He's always been, you know, uh, emotions down on paper, vulnerable, you know, staring death in the face kind of poet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's always he's always existential about that. And this this uh, the lyrics in this song just really get me, dude. Yeah, definitely. And this is two songs in a, in a way. Yeah, and this is something that we, I mean, our favorite. It's probably your favorite too, but. My my favorite song on Helplessness Blues, we actually played it on that episode, is the Shrine slash an argument, yeah, which is also you know too. They they do that all the time. I mean, this is kind of
1: something, yeah. It you know crack up, same thing. There's a couple of tracks that do that. Um, yeah, he has these movements in his songs, right? So this is an example of that. So this song is called Quiet Air slash.
0: Dioia. am i saying that right we picked the two that sounded great man you like it um but yeah so we're gonna split this up into two clips but here we go I love the – just the – almost like a march. I don't know. It just kind of like rumbles ahead. So there's two different drummers uh, credited on this track, which is interesting. Joshua
1: Yeager and Christopher Bear. Both are credited as drum kit and percussion for this track. So lots of of drums going on, lots of percussion. Um, But I'm trying to find the guitar player uh, because I love that guitar uh, little transition between the chorus and the verse,
0: maybe it's Pecknell.
1: Maybe, but yeah, it's it, it's kind of hard to to me to get a full um, personnel list on this record. But there's quite a bit listed out for a lot of different tracks on the Wikipedia page, at least. Yeah. But um, it's possible that Robin Robin did everything that's not explicitly listed. So. Yeah, that's what I was um, thinking. Yeah, that's possible. But yeah, you know what's great about that guitar? It kind of reminded me of their very first. EP, like I'm talking before Sun Giant. You remember some of that stuff?
0: Oh yeah, um, yeah. I forgot what was the name of that. In the album? Hot
1: Hot Rays, remember that song?
0: Yeah, dude. Where it was more a little bit more
1: of that kind of um, Brit pop, kind of guitar jangly kind of stuff. Yeah, know? a little yep, bit. I know what you mean. But yeah, like you were saying earlier, the the words, the his vocals are so. I'm gonna say the word haunting
0: to you because I like using the <laughs> word haunting. Yeah, to we describe, both describe um, a vibe. It's it's just um, it's just very reflective, you know. Like yeah. he, he's always just kind of. It seems like he's just soaking in whatever environment that is surrounding him, and he just describes it so beautifully, dude.
1: Well, here is what he has to say about this song. He says the chords had this kind of expectant feel, or something. Like an ominous quality. Now, that's a good one. I'm going to steal that. Ominous. Hey, ominous, ominous is better there again. Than haunting sometimes. Haunting, totally. Like an ominous quality that's never really resolving. Mm. And I think that kind of led me to want to write about imagining someone speaking to somebody who is courting danger. Yeah. Some of the lyrics in the song come from talking to a friend of mine who is a climate scientist and just her perspective on how screwed we are. Or aren't. Oh, man. Just thinking about that whole issue hinges on particulate matter in air that is invisible.
0: Interesting. Whew. Quiet air, dude. Quiet air might terrify you. Oof. Ominous. Quiet now, though soon enough, louder. Oof. Mm. Come on. Come on with it, Pock pickel <laughs> Come on with it. Um, that is so so ominous. Yeah. All right, let's play the second half, dude. And Yes. This part gets me, man. This, I think, this is the climax of the record, dude. If you weren't gotten, you're about to get gotten. About to get gotten. All right, so I guess we could say this is uh, Gioia by Fleet Foxes.
1: got you've been um you've been pecknold, q so um he says here the ending is this more ecstatic thing just imagining some weird pagan dance like rite of spring or something where it just kind of builds into this weird kind of joy like dancing while the world burns there you go
0: yeah and those uh, dude i love the the back and forth chorus there you know the oh devil walk by i never want to die yeah that that is on brand for Pecknold Men.
1: i feel like you could put devil walk by into any of those poppy folk songs from the 2010s and you've got yourself a, a hit mean, you're um, talking about like of um, monsters and men or something whatever the hell those guys are called yeah. <laughs> um which is ironic because i love fleet foxes and, and when he does it i'm like oh, he's such a fucking genius you know? <laughs>
0: um but anyway yeah, so but dude that line feeling a cold unfolding hand on me. Yeah. You talking like grim reaper here.
1: So basically what he's saying is like essentially like accepting the fate of the planet in a way and just dancing while the world burns kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and that's that's another thing too about about the uh you know the circumstances that we all find ourselves in in 2020. You know, that was a thing that Pecknold said about wanting to collaborate with as many people that he could. Cause he says here, I didn't know what was going to happen in the future. So I asked everyone that I had always admired because I don't know if I'll get a chance to again, go all out because who knows what the future holds. Yeah. That's, that's cool. And, um,
1: we're not going to play this song, but some stuff that I learned about this record that I thought was really cool was like three tracks later cradling mother cradling woman he sort of samples in a count in from brian wilson aka the beach boys right and it's in the track and that that you know this record has a lot of these um homages and um hat tips to to
0: his influences right like you were talking about with the the song where he just explicitly names them out you know with sunblind yeah and also with uh, another song young man's game is kind of a, a tribute to john prine yeah yeah and and as far as like really cool collaborations he also featured so you know the very first voice that you hear on the record is a woman her name is oh god U- uwadi akir fuck man that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> she is a fellow columbia student uh, who caught Pecknold's attention with an Instagram video where she covers Mykonos? Love it. So he just reached out to her and said, "Hey, you want to you want to sing on my next album?" Love it. So that's this is another thing that I love, man, because I feel like the best days of Pecknold songs are ahead of us. You know, like I don't know. I can, I kind of felt he was more of a control freak kind of like my way or the highway kind of person mm-hmm. with Fleet Fox's songs, just because from what I've read about him, you know, he, he is a, a perfectionist and, you know, because he is so harsh on himself, I just kind of assume that, and maybe he was earlier on, but this to me just shows that, that, you know, we're just going to have more and more of these really great collaborations, you know, even if Fleet Foxes dissolves and we just have Robin Pecknold as a solo musician, you know, later on in life, you know, I feel like he's just going to continue to just pull in people that influence him, even if it's just some random person on Instagram and, and collaborate with him. I think it's so cool.
1: Yeah. I think the thing that I've always gotten from Pecknold and the music that he makes is like, he is just an artist and a musician like to his core, you know? Yeah. Which is why to your point, like, I think we're going to have, new Pecknell tunes to enjoy for a very long time, whether or not that's in the form of Fleet Foxes or just him by himself. Like this is what he he does. You know, I've got one more quote here, Q. This is how we can wrap this up beautifully here. He says, I wanted the album to exist in a liminal space outside of time, inhabiting both the future and the past, accessing something spiritual or personal that is untouchable by whatever the state of the world may be at a given moment whatever our season nice that's great man beautiful um so yeah this is yeah kind of like we were saying earlier this is such a this record just feels like it is a a gift to humanity you know um and that could sound ridiculous to people that just don't like this music you know and and think that um
0: you know big deal what's the What's all the fuss about here? But I mean, dude, we, we were so, we were giddy like, you know, children on Christmas morning when when this album hit. Well, we had to wait, you know, six years
1: um to, to, for the last one. So yeah. you just don't know when, when new Fleet Fox's music is going to drop because of the last gap that we had in between their records. So the fact that we, we you know, I think if we were paying attention, we probably would have heard um, rumors about new material or something like that but i personally had been just completely uh, disconnected from any updates from them so i didn't have any clue that new music was written it was recorded so yeah it really was out of the blue for me and it was like wait this is actually because you know sometimes spotify will like have two different artists if they have the same name will be on there and i'm like is this really a fleet foxes album and then you push play (laughs) on the first track and it's not him singing and you're like is this really what? what, Right. And then you get to the next one and there's his unmistakable angelic voice, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, like we were saying earlier, we highly recommend as we typically do that you spend some time with this record. It's only going to take an hour to listen to the whole thing, but it is a, a journey that you should take with Pecknold. Um, and all the other musicians that showed up on this record, that's kind of, what's great about it. It's super collaborative. Uh, there's gotta be a more definitive list, or maybe this is the definitive list. But if you look at Wikipedia, I mean there are 10 plus artists on this record. Um, so he collaborated with a lot of studio musicians, people from Instagram, apparently, you know, um fellows Hundreds students. of
0: people from Instagram. Yeah,
1: amazing. So anyway, um, yeah. I think that was I think that was it. That was our look at Fleet Fox's brand new record, Shore, Hot Off the presses came out not even a month ago. So go check that out. And um, yeah. Um, oh, we're going to do, we're going to do a sidetrack. It's probably kind of obscure, but if you're a fan of flea foxes, you may be familiar with a group. I don't think they're around anymore, but they are called poor moon. And it is comprised of a couple of former flea foxes. Like, I don't know if they're still in the group, but it is composed of a couple of guys that used to be in Flea Foxes. Uh, it's kind of a side project of theirs. That'll be our sidetrack next week. A group called Poor Moon. But here we got something to do here. Yeah, we do. We got our we got our weekly segment called What You Heard. Um, and I know that you typically have doozies, don't you?
0: Oh, I got one for you, man. Lined up and ready to go. Why don't you go first? <laughs> You're always just going on the fly, huh?
1: No, I've got one. I just have to remember what it was.
0: <laughs> All right, so this guy is named Jesse Cavell, and and he's in a few different bands, but he's he just started releasing some solo stuff. Have you heard of a band called Kisses? No. Spelled like you think it's spelled, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a new wave pop rock duo new from los angeles q we've been talking a
1: lot about new wave with our our ferris i mean our hughes
0: tunes Um, with our hughes so you're
1: saying the new wave is still happening q is that what you're saying
0: i am saying it but here's the deal i heard a new single from this guy i'm gonna say it's not really new wave dude but it's really great it's it's just a happy sounding tune you know it's something that we need right now in these trying times So this song he released just a couple weeks back. This song is called Northside.
2: Yeah
1: like that i i can't place my finger on who that reminds me of but it reminds me of a particular
0: song i just can't but something about his voice and like drum beat was really cool yeah drum electronic beat there yeah good stuff yeah uh he says here this song is a love letter to a time when music was brand new and limitless in my mind so north side is about this uh neighborhood that he grew up in Said as a kid, my brother and I would walk from our high school to Barnes Noble and spend hours reading Q N M E, Mojo, and all of the other British music magazines. Our favorite group was Oasis, and we just wanted to be the Gallagher's. This song also nods to the Smashing Pumpkins, mm. Primal Scream, and Polaris. Okay, AE, there it is. Who I who I also deeply connected with at the time. Dude, I love it. Yeah.
1: So you must be around our age, man. Yeah, we need to do an episode on Polaris, like we've been talking about. Oh, for sure! Um, awesome, yeah, really good tune. So, and you said that's a
0: that's a brand new track, right? Came out a couple weeks ago. Okay, so there will be more coming from from this guy down down the pipes here. Down the pipes. <laughs> All right, man. So what you what you been hearing lately, brother?
1: This is going to be an episode filled with new music, here. or at least music that came out in twenty twenty. Awesome. This isn't as fresh as Shore and the track you just played. But it did come out in January, january thirty first. But anyway, this is a guy I've actually been I've been listening to him for a, a long time. And um, you know I find I find that it's my duty, Q, to to play electronic music as often as I can.
0: Nothing about electronic music for me for a couple of weeks now.
1: It's true. So this guy, his name is Proswell, as in Roswell, but with a P in front. Proswell. Mm. And I would describe him as IDM and get ready for it, Q. I'm ready. Hypnagogic Hypnagogic pop. pop. Um, But more hypnagogic um, electronic. So, you know, it's not like Comtruths or Tycho. It's more like, I would say, video game inspired, if you will. Okay. But early video games. Um, But anyway, we're just going to listen to it because it's hard to describe... Uh, the sound without just just listening to it. So uh, we're going to listen to a track off of his latest record called Amaterasu, which is the name of the goddess of the sun and universe. Mm. Just Lovely. if you're curious. So this song is called Usanpo.
0: Was great lots of stuff
1: happening in that yeah so that I mean he's been been very consistent like uh one of the records that I listen to quite a bit um is a record called or at least the first time I heard of this guy this record called Konami which you know if you know what Konami is that's um, that's a video game company it's an arcade game company right I think I had some of that last night Um you, you had some Konami last night
0: yeah it was really good mm. Yeah, so uh, so here's what that was for me. It felt like a combination of Lossel and Kiln. I can definitely see the Kiln um, comparison as far as like all the, the lush yeah. textures. Yeah, yeah, but it had more of that like uh, industrial kind of more cold feel that Lossel has, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. So here's here's a little description on the Bandcamp page that I think describes it pretty well. It says here. There's a definite Asian influence here, with throwback sounds to video games aplenty, riffs and melodies that rival some of the best Japanese soundtracks out there. Some of the beats and blips couldn't have been executed better, even if Proswell decided to address the Yamaha YM2612 sound chip found in the Sega Mega Drive directly himself. Nice. There you go. So that is exactly what hypnagogic... Um, Music is all about right, like using old equipment to make the sounds from you know the past, right, yeah, um, cool, and uh anyway, so yeah the, the the entire record is like that it's it's a um, it's just a great record man, and uh oh cool. well, you know <laughs> maybe next week I'll try to bring some rock to the table just to uh to get back hey man point. it's it's whatever you've been heard you know that's true, this is what I've been heard <laughs> That is that is accurate. The segment is accurate. All right. So where can you find us, Q? I'll do it because you don't like doing it. I, I appreciate it. Well, you can find us on our website, nullfillerpodcast.com, where you can find all of our previous shows. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what my usual line is for this. Let me let me try it again. You can find all of our previous episodes with a show notes page for each episode where we have all of our track lists. So any song that you heard on this episode will show up on that track list. So that's intro songs, outro songs, the two What You Heard songs. But um, if you want to be even cooler, you can subscribe, and by subscribe I mean follow, I think is the term they use, the What You Heard playlist that we have Good luck spelling it, but you can also just search for No Filler Podcast, and I think it should come up in Spotify, but um, every week we add the two tracks that we talked about from our What You Heard segment, uh, so yeah, it's a random-ass collection of music, as you can tell just by the two tracks that we played today, you know, but if you like one of the songs that we played and you just wanted to kind of remind yourself, like, what was I called again? I heard a track on No Filler a few weeks back, and I forgot what it was. Go to that playlist and you'll find it on there. Um, it's in order from, you know, the newest to the oldest. There's over six hours of music on that on that playlist. So
0: a lot of good tunes uh, on there. So here's what I just decided I'm going to do. Because we, you know, shot ourselves in the foot with, with what you heard and, you know, how do you spell it? I'm going to link to this playlist on our Twitter and I'll just pin it to the top of the of our homepage it'll always be up there now we're using twitter so yeah so hey if you want to easily access our what you heard playlist you got to visit us on twitter because we are lacking in the social meds department we could use some help from our listeners so interact with us on twitter we're really good about responding you know any love that we get on twitter we get super giddy about no joke so our twitter handle handle <laughs> Our Twitter handle is at NoFillerPodcast. And yeah, we're trying to be a little more active on there. So yeah, I'll go ahead and pin that to the top of our Twitter account. Um, Yeah, so again, that's at NoFillerPodcast. Where else can you find us, Trev?
1: Well, you can also find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. That's PantheonPodcasts.com. That is the home of plenty of great music podcasts including ours and um yeah go to that website and just take a look at all the all the shows that we have under our umbrella it's pretty cool there's there's a podcast for everyone i think uh if you like ours you're bound to find at least one maybe even two possibly three other shows that you might want to subscribe to and listen to so that's pantheonpodcast.com and uh yeah that's going to do it for us this week and we will be back at you next week for the first sidetrack in months. So I'm kind of excited about a, a proper sidetrack episode.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun. And I haven't listened
1: to any of this stuff,
0: so it'll it'll be cool. It'll be fun. Yeah,
1: it's good. It's good stuff. So we'll see you guys next week. My name is Travis. And my name is Quentin. Later.